Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. This day kicks off a really incredible week in the church calendar known as Passion Week, and today is Palm Sunday. Uh, did you guys get palms? Can you hold them up? And Are we doing it on the way out again? On the way out again. Okay, first service was the same. I thought I saw people walking in with them. In first service, I thought everyone had them, and I said, let's wave our palms. Oh, we got one. Victor has a palm. On the way out, they're going to give you one of these, and uh, the story we're going to read has to do with these palms that we're going to study in Scripture today. And this begins the week where Jesus is arrested, crucified, and then rises from the dead, Easter Sunday, one week from today. And then the week right after that, I want to let you know we're doing something called Newcomers Connect. So Whoever you bring with you on Easter, whoever we pray for today as we pray for those that God has put on our heart to love and welcome into the family, um, bring them to Newcomers Connect. It's the week after Easter, right after this service. It's about 30 minutes long. You can register right on our homepage at gracelandchurch.com. It's a really beautiful way for them to get connected to the family. Then the Sunday right after that, the 23rd, we're doing Taco Sunday. So our Graceland Espanol team is gonna make, I believe, a few thousand tacos. We're gonna pay for it, and we're just gonna have a giant lunch right after this service, under the tent, outside. First service is gonna come back. I'm forcing them to all come back and have lunch here. We're gonna connect. Sometimes people in different services don't even know each other. You're gonna meet people. We're gonna welcome all the new people that have come from Easter and Newcomers Connect. Here's the, here's the other heart of it, though. We are all gonna pay for that lunch, whatever you wanna give, just no, no suggested amount, just give what's on your heart. But all that money is gonna to go towards our trip to the Mayan Yucatan in, Me- in Mexico this summer, our missions trip. Um, we're bringing about 25 or so-ish people and we're gonna serve the underserved there. We're gonna pro- provide eyeglasses, food, all kinds of things. We're also gonna to get to help build a church building on the coastal community there of about 6,000 people that's never had one. So we're gonna try to raise about $8,500 from that lunch to go towards that. The team is already raising money and we have seven or eight of our young youth, young teenagers going on this trip too, including my oldest daughter and then my brother and his oldest son are going as well. It's gonna be great. Be praying about that. Make sure you mark on your calendar for the 23rd. You're all having lunch here. And let me guarantee you, best tacos you've ever tasted in your life. Who can attest? I mean, they are amazing. We've done three or four events with uh, the tacos from our Grace and Espanol team. It is beyond amazing. And then one other thing, our first ever women's retreat registration is live right now. We have lots of signups, but now you have to go on and do it online. Go to gracelandchurch.com retreat and make sure you register for that if you wanna go. And then if you want info about the missions trip, gracelandchurch.com slash Mexico. All the details about what we're raising and the team and what we're doing and who we're partnering with are there. Really some beautiful stuff coming up in the life of the church. And today, I'm really excited to teach about loud praise and lasting peace. I believe there's a relationship between praise and peace. And I think we see some really profound lessons in the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, which is what we are remembering on Palm Sunday. So let's read in Luke 19, verses 28 through 44, beginning in verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a cult tied there, which no one has ever ridden. 
untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, say the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Let's pause there for a moment. Um, we see this story recorded in multiple gospels and it also talks about palm branches like this that they would take and put before Jesus and wave in the air as well as their cloaks. And I just want you to imagine for a moment this incredible scene, Jesus, God in the flesh, the, the Messiah is now fulfilling prophecy on the donkey that has never been ridden before entering Jerusalem. And a very large crowd, we understand from studying the context here, begins to praise God loudly, Hosanna in the highest, glory to God. And I just want you to imagine how sad it is that the supposed religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, they are standing there in this beautiful prophetic moment and all they're thinking is, Jesus, rebuke your disciples. They're being too loud. Rebuke all these people. There's something about um, getting stuck in like the life of a Pharisee. Probably a lot of us have experienced that in our life. It's when, it's when we're just all about the do's and don'ts and we think we're fulfilling our checklist for God, and, and if we're doing really good, we get quite self-righteous, you know? It, it can easily get into our hearts, and we have to be careful of that. And then we, we, we get upset at the praise of others. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed in yourself, man, if sometimes you can see someone passionately worshiping, and if you're not in your right heart before the Lord, you might, you might be a little frustrated at them, at them. And that's what's happening with the Pharisees. They said, rebuke your disciples. What we're really gonna look at, though, is Jesus' response. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So Jesus affirmed their praises and says, if they don't do it, all of creation is gonna cry out. Thomas Merton said, the great thing and the only thing is to adore and praise God. I wanna remind you just a quick theological lesson. This is Jesus, the promised Messiah, the word of God in the flesh, entering Jerusalem. This is the one through which all things were created. And the heavens and the earth sing his praises. John 1, 3, all things were made through him, the word, Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. So we see that God's creation bows before him. The mountains burst into song. The trees clap their hands. The heavens declare his wonders. The oceans roar of his glory because all creation sings. So it's like this little glimpse into someone being frustrated about someone's loud praise, but Jesus says, hey, this is beautiful, and if they don't do it, don't worry, all of creation is created to sing the praises of this God. And I wanna even further note that in this story, specifically, they're praising God for what they have seen. Look at verse 37 again. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. So let me pause there for a second. I believe many of us in this room have seen many more miracles 
than we realize. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in a moment. If, if you have ever felt like God has shown you even an iota of mercy, meaning you were forgiven when you did something wrong, or an iota of grace, meaning you were given good gifts when you didn't deserve them, or, or, or even just the miracle of life. If you've seen any of these things and experienced them from the Lord, just raise your hand real quick, all over the room. We have seen the miracles of God, and so we praise him loudly. But notice, and this makes us even more spectacular, in this story, these disciples don't even know what Jesus is about to do. This is pre the arrest of Jesus. This is pre the unfolding of the gospel. This is pre the perfect gift of salvation through Jesus. They don't understand what's gonna happen. We now see the full picture. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And it's not talking about material riches, but spiritual heavenly riches. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made him, talking about Jesus, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So let me just remind you, they are praising loudly because of what they've seen. And that's enough. We've seen God show up in our lives, but they haven't even seen everything God has done, the unfolding of this plan. And this leads to number one, Jesus has done it all and we should be loud about it. He is our savior, our healer, our Lord, our advocate, our living hope, our overcomer. Jesus has done it. We have not done it. Jesus has done it. So not only have we seen him do miracles in our life, but hopefully you have stepped into this great salvation. And if you haven't, you can today. I like to say it this way. We are unfinished people resting in the finished work of Christ. He's done it. He has finished the work and we should praise him loudly. It's way less about us trying to do big things for God and it's much more about being loud about the things he's already done, right? And he is affirming the praise of these people. And let me clarify, we're not just talking about being audibly loud. I'm not trying to say, and nor do I think scripture is trying to say, that your praise must be audibly loud to, to be wonderful before the Lord. That's not the case at all. But our lives should be metaphorically loud for Jesus. They should metaphorically speak his praise loudly on a daily basis. Max Licato said, to call yourself a child of God is one thing, but to be called a child of God by those who watch your life is another thing. So one of my questions for you today is, do people know about this Jesus who has changed everything in your life? What is your life speaking loudly about. My dad is here today. He just got in town yesterday. He's sitting over there with my uh, oldest daughter. His name's Charles. And, you know, my dad, he has spoken to me loudly about Jesus. He speaks to me now to this day loudly about Jesus. But it's very rarely him grabbing me and being like, son, I got to tell you about Jesus. Right? It's his life declares loudly the praises of God. He's not a very loud-spoken guy, but I've also heard him shout the praises of God. I've heard him my whole life declare the praises and the word of God. And so I want to ask you, who is your life speaking loudly to? That's why we lean into 
strategically moments like Easter. Because Easter is such an opportunity for those that our lives are speaking to to say, hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come with me to one of these church services? You'll, you'll love my church family. It's, it's, it's not crazy or kooky. You're going to receive an encouraging message. These people are incredible. And, and that's why we made specifically on the graphics. I don't know if you can tell from there or if you've looked at it, but it's like the picture of a bunch of confetti cannons that went off because I'm encouraging you to remember Easter is a resurrection party. And it's a party because Jesus has done it and we just get to say yes to it. If you had someone who won the victory for you, wouldn't you love to just step into that party? It's the same when our team wins the Super Bowl. We act like we played. We didn't do anything. <laughs> We're like, my boys are out there getting it done. Your boys, you don't know any of them. <laughs> You've got nothing to do with this. That's how it is with Jesus, except he knows our name and he gives us his victory. It's a resurrection party. And I'm telling you, the more you reconnect your heart and mind, reorient yourself daily with the truth of the power of the resurrection, your life becomes much more of an overflow that speaks of the joy and the peace of God, right? People will sense it. So I'm encouraging you to be reminded and bring people with you. Take these invites. Bring people next week and, and, and let your life speak loudly about the praises of God. And then it gets even more profound here because when you look at the context of what's happening here during the triumphal entry, many of these disciples, these people in the crowd, um, are about to abandon Jesus, uh, including his closest disciples, Peter, who was in like the inner, inner circle, cursed multiple times during Jesus' arrest and, and, and path towards crucifixion and, and cursed people and said, I don't know him. He totally bailed on Jesus, totally betrayed him. Some of these people will be yelling, crucify him, a few days later. But what I want to point out is that Jesus knows that's about to happen and still affirms their praise. And the principle is this. Jesus delights in our praise while knowing our imperfections. Isn't that good news? Sometimes we think we can't passionately worship God or or, or, or passionately sing these songs, or passionately live our life, we just fall too short. Well, I'm telling you, my friend, we all fall too short. That's why we need the good news. It's about accepting it, stepping into the party. Like if you got to step into that Titans Super Bowl winning party, I'm speaking prophetically, of course, now. If you got to step into that, the Titans just won the Super Bowl. I don't know what year it's gonna be, but let me just call it 2024. Let's say, let's say you got to step into that Super Bowl winning party. Let's say someone gave you the invitation and you were outside of the stadium and all of a sudden you were down on yourself because you're like, man, I didn't, I didn't cheer him on loud enough. I'm not gonna go to the party. Who would be the one keeping you out of the party? You, you've got an invitation. It'll take you through Titan Stadium into the best VIP room with the players, with the best of the best who are actually winning the game and you get to party with them. How tragic if because of whatever mental gymnastics you might be in about discouragement and what you deserve and don't deserve and could this really be true or I'm afraid what'll happen when I get in there, you can tragically not go into the party. And that's how people are with the invitation from Jesus. Jesus has done the work and invites us into this great salvation. Now, don't hear me wrong. When we say yes to the invitation and start following him and get into the party, our lives change. 
Our lives transform. We grow in holiness. We delight in the law of the Lord, but we don't get in the party because of our holiness. We don't get in our party because we've delighted in, in the law of the Lord and God and everything right. So let me tell you, it is always proper for you to just say yes to Jesus in any given moment and praise him passionately because the praise is not based on you. It's based on him. Is he always great? One person. Is he always great? Is he always faithful? Is he always true? We should praise him loudly. Is he still true when your life is imperfect? Is he still true when you make mistakes? Then you should praise him when your life is imperfect. It's about what he has done, not what we have done. So let's step into the party together. Dwight L. Moody said, the voice of sin is loud, but the voice of forgiveness is louder. I even really delighted playing that baby grand piano a little bit today. That was unplanned. And uh, James and Hannah, which by the way, can we shout out Hannah for singing today? Come on. That was amazing. I heard you. Beautiful. People are so gifted. And Hannah's heart is so beautiful before the Lord. Um, I noticed it was just them playing this morning. And I was like, while they were rehearsing, I was like, should I just hop on the baby grand and play along? And um, they probably felt like they couldn't say no because I'm the pastor, you know? <laughs> it's like awkward. Nathan, please don't play. Please stop. But the piano is a little out of, t out of tune. Did anybody notice the piano is a little out of tune? I'm sure I know the musicians did. Only a few people noticed. I'm asking you honestly, so a few people noticed. It's not so far out of tune. We were gauging it while we were playing. I, I tried to not play too hard, and um, it gives a bit of a chorus effect, apparently, when it's a little out of tune. But I actually kind of delighted in it because our, our praise is imperfect. Our lives are imperfect. Uh, we, we bring the reality of who we are, and we bring a joyful noise to the Lord, and he delights in it. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm going to get that piano tuned, right? We're going to tune that thing because I want to play it more, and we want it to be tuned. So, so. Don't hear me wrong, but practically what this means for us is, is a couple things. Praising God is never a bad idea for you. Praise him loudly. Shout unto God in your house. I used to do it by myself. My dad, when, when I was a, a, a teenager, when I was 17, I came to know Jesus. My dad would be out at work. My mom would be out at work. I was in a high school, also this kind of art school for my high school years, and so I would have a break between those schools, and I would, I would um, <laughs> it's funny, it makes me emotional. I'm always walking that line between like um, endearing crying and pathetic crying. You know what I mean? Like I'm always like right in the middle. Um, today I'm a little emotional, but uh, I remember, I remember uh, when I was by myself. It was like I owned the house, just shouting unto God. And I want to encourage you guys to do that. Shout unto God. Pray. Bring your heart before Him. It's not because you are awesome. It's because He is awesome. And I'm telling you, he'll teach you. I do it in this sanctuary when I'm here by myself. Um, if I ever get caught on camera, people are going to be like, that dude has lost it. Because <laughs> I'm not like that when I'm with other people. I'm too self-conscious. But when I'm by myself, I'm like a madman before the Lord sometimes. <laughs> but praising God is never a bad idea. Here's the other thing, though. You can let those in your life who are imperfect also praise God. Have you ever been like maybe those of you who are married watching your spouse passionately worship God on a Sunday morning and you're thinking, what? you can't be that passionate now. I saw you this morning. You know what I mean? Like 
calm down, all right? Please, I know you. You know that thing? Or just maybe your sibling or your, your parent or whoever. Um, you're like, man, but I want to encourage you. God accepts your praise in your imperfection. You can accept others' praise in their imperfection at any level. God draws all people unto himself. We serve a merciful God. So we can be free. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And the Lord delights in showing mercy. So I, I never want to be frustrated at someone who maybe I know their life. I don't want to be frustrated at their praise when the Lord is delighting over them in mercy. You guys tracking with me on that? And then we are going to close with this. Uh, Luke 19, you see something happen that's just unexpected, honestly, if you were just reading this for the first time. After this triumphal entry, the crowds are there. People are rejoicing. It is so loud. It says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. So Jesus just started crying. He said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus is God in the flesh. He knows his people, Israel. At first, this message was just for Israel. We see it when we study the book of Acts in the New Testament. We that are not Jewish, we're grafted into the family of God. This gospel message shall be to all. But Jesus wept over his people that were rejecting him, rejecting the message, rejecting the opportunity for peace. And then prophetically, we see him talk about what will happen to Jerusalem. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. That's not punishment. That's logical conclusion. Jesus comes to bring peace. The message of God is not forced on anyone. We have a choice today to accept or reject the message of Jesus. And our lives will follow one of two very different paths based on that decision. And the principle is this. There is only one path to peace, and his name is Jesus. The path is a person. And that person represents the heart of God, and his heart was broken and overflowed with compassion because they were rejecting what he literally came to bring them. His weeping reveals his longing, and he wants you to return to him wholeheartedly today. Maybe for the first time, maybe you return after a long time. I don't know what God is speaking to you right now. I really like how Charles Stanley said it. When we stray from his presence, he longs for you to come back. He weeps that you are missing out on his love, protection, and provision. He throws his arms open, runs toward you, gathers you up, and welcomes you home. Doesn't that sound amazing? I want to say yes to that again, and then again, and then again, and then again. The way we do it is simple. It's the very first thing Jesus preached three years before the study, sorry, three years before the story that we're studying today. In Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He says, come follow me. There's a different way to think. There's a different way to live. You can check out of the system of this world. You can check out of everything that you have tried to accomplish your goals that hasn't worked. You can check out of all these things that have left you empty, and you can step into the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to say yes to that again. 
I want to change my thinking every day and run back wholeheartedly towards Jesus. So the worship team is going to come, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to respond together. Lord, thank you that you are the faithful one. Thank you, Jesus, that on Palm Sunday, over 2,000 years ago, you had this triumphal entry. It's funny, in some ways, 2,000 years doesn't even seem that long. It doesn't even seem that long ago. And we're, here we are still walking in the reality of the church and singing loudly the praises of you, Jesus. We don't want to be like Jerusalem in this particular story. We don't want to say no to the Prince of Peace that comes to us. We want to say yes. And church, if you want to say it in your heart, just say yes, Lord. I receive your peace. I am imperfect. I have sinned, but I confess my sin to you, and I know you are faithful and just to forgive me of all my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you for this, Lord. Maybe for some of you, you need to pray with me. God, forgive us for really getting kind of selfish about what we have in you when we forget about our neighbors and forget about people that need to be invited in and forget about the hurting around us. We, we're, we're, we're getting kind of selfish. And Lord, we don't want to be a selfish church or a selfish people. We wanna welcome in any person to receive the life that Jesus offers. We don't just wanna welcome in, we wanna go get them. We want to go, we want to be on your mission, Lord. So God, we say yes to, to being lives that, Sing loud the praises of God. We join with all creation to sing. Come to prayer tonight and just come in the sanctuary and just begin praying. It's gonna, it's just, it's gonna be two hours of worship. People are gonna lead in prayer for some specific things. I'm telling you, God will, God will meet with you and God will orient things in your heart and your mind. Um, it's gonna be beautiful and we'll be doing it more. Um, it'll be a beautiful start to Passion Week. And then the last thing before I pray this benediction, if you'll close your eyes one more time with me, um, at the bottom of your, of your welcome card, and you can grab it on your way out, there's some blanks where it says, I am praying for one, two, three. And, and it doesn't have to be a certain amount, but I just want you to ask the Lord right now, and I'm with you. God, God, who is on your heart that I am meant to speak loudly to about the praises of Jesus? Who, who's in my life, God? What neighbor, what family member, what friend at school, what friend at work, Lord? Church, I'm just gonna, I'll talk to you vulnerably about this. I, it's been a theme that God has just pressed on me about for decades now in my life of following him. Every time I, I, I drift away from feeling that, that burn for the people that, that don't know him yet, God just reminds me, Nathan, you're getting quite selfish. You're getting quite selfish. How can we sit in the wonders and glories of God? It's a beautiful church family with blessing. And, and have people around us that, that are desperate internally right now for living hope. So, Lord, put people in our heart and mind right now. And, Lord, give us the courage, the love, the compassion to reach out to people this week. And we don't just want to make it about Easter service. We want them to know that, that they're on our heart and mind, and we care about them. And we want to invite them into our life, and we want to love and serve them. You've called us to love and serve this world, to show the kindness of God. We leave it to you to judge things and sort things out. We are not the judge. 
we offer the message of reconciliation, of life, and of hope. So God, we pray for these people that are on our minds and hearts right now. We don't know all their story. It's not for us to know, but we pray that they would be encouraged and that their lives could change this week, that their heads could be lifted up, that they could meet you, the living God. And Lord, we pray that a week from today on Easter Sunday that we all will be on this hospitality team of Graceland Church. We'll, we'll bring people with us. We'll show up with faith and we'll show up prayerfully and we'll, we'll come early and we'll, we'll help provide an atmosphere of faith and of life and of expectancy, not for our sake, but for the sake of those that don't know you, Lord. We serve on this team. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll meet us in such power on Easter Sunday and all the, all the Sundays and then tonight at prayer. And we give you thanks in advance. I'm going to pray this over you, church, then we'll be dismissed. Be sure you do grab. Uh, don't leave any of these out there. If there's a ton left, just take the whole pile. And someone in first service told me they take invites like this, and they just go to the grocery store, and they just stand in the parking lot, and they say, God, is there anyone that, that I should be, like, like chase down right now and give this to? You know, like, is there anyone I should talk to or go meet? So don't be crazy out there, but, you know, like we don't, but, but, but do invite right? Do invite. People will remember an invitation. Um, they say that about 85, I think it was 82% is what I read in the stats of people that get an invite on Easter will come. It's a wonderful opportunity. So grab them on your way out and grab your palms too. And when, you, when you're with this palm this week, when you're holding it or have it in your car or in your house, remember the loud praises of God and remember the lasting peace of God. That's my prayer for you. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a great rest of your day. See you tonight.